This episode contains some rather graphic descriptions of violence. Listener discretion advised. I've got a good Sphinx riddle for you. What walks on two legs in the morning and zero legs at night? I'm at a loss. Well, I guess it's time to find out. I'm Vince. I'm Claire. And this is Friends Friends of Legend. Legend. Friends of Legend, the auditory equivalent of a get-along shirt for you and a brand new magical friend. Some of these friends are going to require a massive shirt. Yeah, yeah, and they really are going to need that get-along shirt. (laughs) Maybe the big and tall store. Yeah. Is that still a thing? I believe so. (laughs) Oh, man. Who Um, do we have today? Who is this two-legged to no-legged baby? Well, let me first start off by telling you who brought it to our attention. To to be honest, I had wanted to do this creature for a while, but our good friend Gabby... Oh, I forgot that she had requested this. Thanks, Gabby! Yeah, our good friend Gabby suggested this for one of our Halloween episodes. Excellent. So prepare to get spoopy. The creature we are talking about today is the Mononongle. Have you heard of Mononongles before, Claire? Professor McGonagall? You know... Is that a no? No. Okay, then no. If if Professor McGonagall was a Mononongal, the whole course of <laughs> Harry Potter would be a much different story. Oh, jeepers. <laughs> Mononongals are vampire-like creatures from the Philippines that appear as human females by day and separate from their lower torsos to hunt as bat-winged upper bodies by night. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's evocative. So, separate like a uh, Lego... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the bottom <laughs> half and the top half just boop. No. Yeah. There, there is some hangover. Like there's some visceral dangly bits from the top as it flaps through the night. Like guts? Yeah, yeah. Intestines and other digestive organs. Oh. Maybe the odd kidney. Oh, no. How does she survive? Well. Well, she's not quite living, is she? If she's a vampire. She's not a vampire in the... Uh, Child of the night sense. <laughs> she is a vampire in that she drinks blood, but she doesn't follow by, you know, Vlad Tepes rules. Okay. The name Mononongle roughly translates from Tagalog as one who separates itself. From, for well, what was that language? Tagalog. Tagalog. The language they speak in the Philippines. Other oh. Than English and Spanish. Oh, I'm uncultured. No, it's okay. It's, you, you would expect it to be something like Filipino, but it is Tagalog. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. They're also sometimes referred to as tic-tics, which is an onomatopoeic word for the sound that their wings make. Well, that's a lot easier to say than mononongle. Yeah, but mononongle is much more fun to say. Yeah, if you can figure it out, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so more on the appearance of the mononongle. Like I said, by day, a mononongle, they're all female, will look like a human woman. A particularly beautiful, but otherwise normal, human woman. Okay. At night, when it's time for her to feed, the top half will separate just above the waist, leaving the characteristic entrails hanging from the now legless torso. And what happens to the legs? 
Well, they just kind of either stand up or lay about. We'll get into <laughs> we'll get into the legs oh, a this, little later. Oh, this reminds me of Onward, the the new Disney movie. Yeah, except man, that was so much more wholesome than what we're getting into. It sounds like it, yeah. So once the top half is separated from the bottom half, wings will sprout out of her back, and they are big black bat-like wings. Cool. Yeah, they're pretty neat to look upon. Additionally, a long, hollow tongue will emerge from her mouth, uh, likened to that of a mosquito's proboscis. Bleh, like a straw, kind of. Oh, yeah. Suck up that blood. A bendy straw. Crazy straw. That's kind of kind of more humane. Humanizing. Uh, no? Wait okay. till you see how she uses it. Additionally, many accounts and depictions also indicate that the Mononongol appears facially hideous when it uh, takes its nightly form. Ooh. So that outer beauty that you saw by day it gone you're not gonna be fooled so i'm guessing the beauty during the daytime is to lure people in i suppose i mean probably just to be treated better the way that pretty people are typically treated better yeah she does occasionally use her feminine wiles to decide what she'll be feeding on but we'll get into that later Hmm. Uh, last thing i want to say about the appearance is that the lower half when disassociated uh <laughs> does, nice n- does not look any different from a normal pair of human legs in a waist you know other than the fact that it's ripped apart it is missing i think it comes off pretty cleanly like a okay. lego okay <laughs> that's something but yeah so the the legs won't look different they'll just look topless <laughs> Moving on to the behavior, Mononongols are a type of Aswang, which is a race of monsters and ghosts native to the Philippines. Okay. So there are a bunch of different creatures that make up the menagerie of Aswang, including other vampire-like creatures. One such vampiric relative is the Mandarugo, which is also a bat-winged female vampire, but it has different feeding habits. I won't really talk about that one very much, Mm. other, other than to say that it is also a Aswang Close cousin. Yep. As I stated earlier, Mononongols will appear by day as beautiful but otherwise mundane women. It is almost impossible to distinguish a Mononongol from a human because they used to be humans. Oh, that's sad. Well, it would be sad if it was like a curse or something, but a woman can become a Mononongol by eating a black baby chicken that was hatched in the throat of an existing Mononongol. So it's a pretty intentional process yeah yeah it sounds like it it also seems like mononongols will pass their chick to a relative to continue the line of mononongolhood yeah gee whiz that stuff doesn't happen on accident no so i assume it would take consent on both parts to consume a live black baby chicken it doesn't die it lives and grows and matures inside of the nascent mononongol in the tum-tum yeah in the tum-tum. I wonder if it sings to the mononongle during Aww. the day. That was a good chicken sound, Vince. Thank you. <laughs> I practiced it. I've been practicing for days in preparation to make my chicken sound. Yeah, you know, the chicken sound. Yeah. Bok, bok. So I don't really know why someone would want to become a mononongle, but I did see that there are some sources that mention that mononongles are women who were left at the altar. Oh, no. 
So it might be an act of vengeance. I'm glad the corpse bride didn't turn into this baby. Yeah, she was a lot more maudlin and serene. She was super sweet. Yeah, not straight up kooky dukes. Maybe, uh, maybe this is the price that one might pay for beauty. Do you know? I think they're already beautiful. It doesn't sound like they suddenly become more beautiful than they are. Mm. If you're asking Stephanie Meyer, she would say that the vampirization process turns you beautiful. But I know this is very removed from that. Yeah, well, this has nothing to do with that. Okay, I was just making a parallel. Anyway. Anyway, indeed. (sighs) By day... Amon and Ongo will innocently mingle among people in a city or village, using this time to choose who she will visit at night. Mm. And at night, she will find a secluded spot where she can go to leave her legs, and then spits her... (laughs) (laughs) You like that? (laughs) Just like, somewhere off to the side. I like to think that she tucks them into bed at night. (laughs) That is adorable. (laughs) If only... But yeah, she finds a secluded spot, then splits her upper body and sprouts wings to fly into the night. Um, most often, she will look for something like a grove of banana trees, because at night, banana trees are of a similar thickness and color to where, you know, at first glance, you would mistake the pair of legs for banana tree trunks. Huh. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so if you are on the hunt for a Mononongle's lower half, start with the banana trees. <sighs> so... When she returns to the legs in the morning? Well, I guess what I'm asking is, what if she can't find them? I'll talk about what happens if she can't find them later on. I want to get more into what she's doing when she's a a lady on the prowl. (laughs) Carry on. Uh, Once she's decided upon her victim of the night, she'll fly to the victim's house and stick her tongue through an opening outside their bedroom window. Nope. And begin her feast. The craziest of straws. Oh, yes. For the craziest of contents. In the lore associated with the tick-tick iteration, the tick-tick sound her wings make grows softer as she comes closer to you, leading you to think that she's further away than she is. Oh, that's spoopy! And the further away she comes from you, the closer it sounds. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It'll it'll do your head in. Yeah, especially if she freaking travels miles away. Mm -hmm. Your head will be banging. Yeah, that would be uh, bonkers. Bing bong bonkers. Uh, and when it comes to victims, the Mononongle is not super picky, but she does have some preferences. Uh, she likes to dine on newlyweds, loving couples, or Aww. grooms-to-be, which again kind of gives credence to the whole woman left at the altar seeking revenge yeah. aspect. No one can be happy if I'm not happy. So, hun, just make a mental note. No honeymooning to the Philippines next year. No, no, I'm good. We can be an old couple when we go to the Philippines. Okay, that works. As far as what part of her victim she dines upon, her tastes are varied. Kind of like the kappa. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a bunch of different bits she will eat. Like the kappa, she'll do drink not, the blood. Do not, do not say that word. Well, she doesn't eat shirikadamas. So, you're good there. Don't worry about that. What you she said the word. Uh, yeah, but you love the word. I really, truly don't. Okay, sorry. What does she eat? So like I said, the blood. She'll also consume other humors, including the phlegm from sick people. That's one of her uh, no! delicacies. No. In addition, 
She also likes to poke her tongue into a person's abdomen to nope. suck out their organs. Nope. No. No. Livers, hearts, no. and stomachs are a particular tasty morsel for her. How wide or narrow is this tongue? Um, I think there must be some powerful suction because I would imagine it would have to be like, I don't know, probably the width, the gauge of a normal tongue, just hollow Jeepers. and super wicked long. Mm. Yeah. Did you say that she hangs out outside the window? Yeah, as far as I can tell, she doesn't enter the house. She will perch outside of the window and creepy creep her tongue through an opening. I wonder if that's the same sort of thing as, you know, Transylvanian vampires. You need to be invited in. I think it's more like mosquitoes. These, the the lore associated with the Mononongle has a lot to do with mosquitoes because of how ubiquitous they are. Mm. The the fact that they're called vampires is just a handy term to describe them. It's not like Filipino people consider this to be an offshoot of a vampire. It's something yeah. convergently. Yeah. Okay, it's just yeah. relatable for us. Exactly. It's it's a term to help us understand. Those northerners. Mm-hmm. Northwesterners. Yes. Most darkly of all, and if you're sensitive to talk about miscarriages, maybe skip over the next 30 seconds of this. A Mononongle's favorite thing to eat is the fetus out of the womb of a pregnant woman. I won't go into too much detail, but the Mononongle will either go for the blood or the whole package. Wow, that's horrible. It truly is, and it's such a thing that miscarriages in the Philippines are sometimes attributed to a visit by a Mononongle. Man, yeah. You know... (sighs) Vince, I apologize that you always happen to get the most graphic of the Friends of Legend. Yeah, well, you know. I get the cute ones. You do. You do get the cute (laughs) ones. I got gnomes, though. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. So how can you protect yourself from a hungry mononongle? Boy, I don't know. Well, the answer depends on how far you're willing to go. Uh, First off, I mean, I would just recommend closing or blocking your windows. Seems like that would be enough to deter a mononongle and convince her to look for something easier to eat. Yeah. And I don't think mosquito nets are going to be enough, right? No, no. I imagine her tongue is strong enough to pierce a mosquito net. Uh, that being said, some some Filipino architecture is designed or is seemingly designed with mononongle protection in mind. Hmm. There will be steep roof drop-offs, hard-to-get-to windows, such that it makes perching difficult. Okay. What 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 about what about her bat wings? Can she not hover? Okay, how about this? Imagine treading water while trying to drink an especially thick, warm milkshake okay. out of a straw. Oh, yep, yep. That's, that's good. You're uh, twisted. I might be. Cheeky friend. <laughs> if you want to add an extra layer of protection, place containers of salt, ash, or raw rice around your house, since they act like mononongle repellent. That's easy to do. Additionally, the smell of burning rubber will drive them away, but if we're being honest... Drives anyone away. Yeah, and it's just not healthy. No. Uh, don't resort to that. No tire fires. It's bad for the environment. Mm-hmm. If you are wanting to protect your neighbors as well, then you'll have to make sure that the Mononongle's top half can't return to her legs before sunrise. Ah, okay. Yeah, so like you were saying, you can go hunting for the legs. Exactly, because as soon as the sun rises, if the Mononongle is not able to take her human form, uh, she will die. Woof. Which again, kind of coincidentally ties back to the Eastern European vampire lore. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So when you found the disembodied legs, oftentimes it's not enough to just hide them because I think that the Mononongle has a sense she of where her legs out. are. Yeah. yeah. So what you'll want to do is you'll want to rub salt, vinegar, ash, or that vampire classic, garlic, onto the top half. And barbecue it. Or like the, the <laughs> point of... Ugh. <laughs> ugh. He said I'm twisted. <laughs> You'll want to rub it onto the point of connection of the torso. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to get your hands into the... Ooh, what about a, a lovely brush, a meat brush? I mean, yeah, I guess if you're going to be an artiste about it. <laughs> I'd rather not touch it. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but sometimes you got to get your hands dirty. Literally. If you rub any of those things onto the top of the bottom half, she will be unable to reconnect her torso and will therefore die. Mm-hmm. Additionally, you can use the tail of a stingray to damage a mononongle. Yeah, that's just a little less accessible than salt, I think, huh? Well, maybe when you live on an island. Stingray Isle. I mean, the Philippines are, they're just lousy with stingrays. Those, oh, those warm, those. warm, tropical oh. sea pancakes. Oh, those sea I wouldn't pancakes. want to take the tail off of a sea pancake. No, let's not. Only if it's of natural causes. Yeah. But if you do have one, you can brandish it like a whip and it'll drive away mononongles. Wow. So let's say you know that someone you know has consumed the black baby chicken of a mononongle and is due to become a mononongle themselves. Have you or someone you know? Oh man, that'd be such a good PSA. Yeah. <laughs> you might be entitled for reimbursement. <laughs> if if you happen to know that someone has recently ingested a mononongle chicken, you can stop the process from completing by finding this woman before the chicken has matured inside of her, hanging her or tying her upside down from a tree. And then just kind of jostling her, pumping her stomach, spinning her around. Oh, man. Until she vomits up the chicken. Hydrogen peroxide in the mouth. That'll work, too. Get some uh, Ipecac. And once she's vomited up the chicken, you don't have to worry about her turning into a mononongle. You might want to, like, sit her down and have a talk. Ask her if she's okay. You know, like, something going on in your life, because... There has to be a reason you want it to become a mononongle. Yeah. Now, uh, now, is there anything we can do to save those chickens after they've been spat up? I think that those chickens are not your average everyday chicken. They are sort of totems of dark power. Oh, gosh. So I don't know if you'd want to raise them up into adult black chickens. No, I suppose not. Um, I wonder what the eggs would be like. I don't know. Maybe it'd be like those uh those chickens that lay completely black eggs and are they have yeah. they have that degree of melanism to where even the the muscle fibers are black. Have you oh, seen that? Oh, I have. It's yes. nuts. I would not advise doing this unless you're like one billion percent sure that the lady consumed a mononongle chicken, though, because like yeah, that's pretty extreme. That will injure you. Yeah, it's like. CPR. You wouldn't want to do it on someone who isn't not breathing because yeah. you can damage people that way. And it's not a good practical joke either. No. No, it is not. Mm-hmm. Are you unsure whether someone you know is moonlighting as a mononongle? <laughs> uh, someone named Dr. Emily Zarka, who hosts a YouTube show called Monstrum. I thought you were doing another PSA. No. <laughs> no, but it sounded like that. Yeah. She suggests a filipino eating practice that might give you a clue balut balut and Mm. again 
If you are of the squeamish nature, I might skip the the next 30 seconds of this. For those of you who are unfamiliar with balut, it is a fertilized duck egg which has been boiled and then had the top cracked off so that the interior can be eaten from within the shell. Balut is typically consumed with spices such as vinegar, salt, hot pepper, garlic. Do you see where I'm going here? Mm Mm-hmm. If you see someone who is eating their balut without these seasonings or straight up refuses to eat balut that has been seasoned, you might want to watch them as the sun goes down to see if they're heading towards a banana tree grove. Uh. Again, that's not a hard and fast rule, so don't go trying to tie someone upside down just because they're eating unseasoned balut, but something I think about. Good advice. Lastly, in regards to behavior, even though this doesn't really have anything to do with behavior, I want to talk about a couple of entities commonly associated with mononongles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first is the wok-wok. Wok-wok! Uh, they're Tick. vampiric birds that also have an onomatopoeic name for the sound their wings make. Just like the mononongol, the closer they are to you, the softer the sound of their wings is. Mm. And they will eat hearts. They'll use their razor-sharp talons to tear out human hearts. And they're... They're just birds. They're just like birds. I imagine them to look like vultures. Mm-hmm. I don't have any reason for that, but that's what I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I um, can see it. Menacing. They're sometimes mentioned as pets of a mononongle, which Ooh. is appropriate. Yeah. A good, like, familiar. Right. Uh, the second entity I want to talk about is one from Bali, and it's called the Layok. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. I couldn't find a good phonetic pronunciation. It can be difficult. Sure is. Especially when, ah, oh, those websites that just have a robot trying to pronounce it oh. in the the driest American accent. Like, mm-hmm. what good does that do? You're guessing, robot. You Come on. You don't know. So the Leoc is a demon that appears as a floating head with dangling organs. And I mean, like, all the organs. No. It's strange. It, too, has an unusually long tongue, which it uses to slurp up, trigger warning, fetuses. And it is often associated with mononongles, though it seems that Laox can be both male and female. Mm. So do you think that when the mononongol is is a daytime beauty, that she has memories of the nighttime? Do you think she's, you know, within her right mind? Oh, yes, definitely. She's using those daytime hours to figure out who she's going to eat at night. That's right. That's right. So really, it's hard to redeem this broad... Yeah, very similar to the Yidnald Lashi, this is someone who is willingly allowing themselves to become mm-hmm. monsters. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the modern representation. Stories about Mononongols have been around since the 1500s, and probably even before that. It's hard to tell because when the Spanish took over the Philippines, they destroyed a lot of original Filipino writings. Aww. Yeah, but... Essentially, the moment they started occupying the Philippines, Spanish missionaries were writing stories of mononongles. So it seems like it's been a staple of the culture for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And there are many movies and books that have been created by Filipino directors and authors. Ooh, any that made it this way? Um, I'm certain there have been. None that I've seen myself. The first movie, simply called Mononongle, was filmed in 1927, though. Actual footage of this movie is lost. The, oh, oh! I was gonna say those effects must be just top notch. 
I would have to imagine they were certainly ambitious because it is stated that there was a scene where the upper and lower body of the Mononongle separates. Mm-hmm. And it was a silent film, a silent horror movie. I imagine it probably has like eraser head levels of disquieting footage. Yeah. Another sort of piece of media that I wanted to talk about is uh, Bonsai Girl, which is a graphic novel also written in the Philippines in 2002. I like the name. Yeah, it's fun. It's about a schoolgirl who will fight various monsters, including the Mononongle. Oh, okay. It was written by a Filipino model, I believe. <laughs> Speaking of novels, probably more recognizable to a Western audience, a novel written in the universe of the Supernatural television series. Oh, okay. was written about the Winchester brothers finding and doing battle with a Mononongle in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Hmm. In the story, it was just generically referred to as an Oswang, but it had all the hallmarks of mm-hmm. a Mononongle. As well, in the television show Grimm, the protagonist and one of his friends are on the hunt for a creature responsible for attacks on pregnant women. The creature they find is called an Oswang, though it has features of multiple different Oswang, including the wings and the tongue of a Mononongle, and mm. it would drink amniotic fluid. Gross. To preserve its life, yeah. Wow, yeah. And when I first started researching the Mononongle, I was excited because I saw mention of the Wok Wok, and I knew that in various Castlevania games, there's a, an enemy you have to fight called the Wok Wok Tree. <laughs> Turns out it's completely unrelated. The Wok Wok Tree is actually a different creature of legend that maybe we'll have to do a... Oh, it's a creature. Well, it's a tree. Yeah. It's it's a creature. Because there's some, <laughs> that's good. There's some animal bits to it, mm-hmm. but we'll have to talk about it. Yeah. Lastly, and this is something that I've just been dying to talk to you about, Claire. In 2018, author J.D. Benninger wrote a book entitled Melania, Devourer of Men. Oh. Yes. This book depicts the life of Melania Trump, who is first lady by day Whoa. and a secret Mononongle by night. Oh my God. Oh yeah. This appears to be the only book that Mr. Benninger has ever written, but it has five stars on Amazon. Woof. If you have the time, just type Melania Devourer of Men into Google <laughs> Images and look at the cover art, look at the summary, look at the reviews on it. It is... I know what I want for Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I have for um, modern representation. Now we can talk about becoming friends with a Mononongle. Good luck. There really isn't much to say. Like I said, it's very similar to the Yinod Lashi. It's a, a human who undergoes a dark sacrament. Yeah, she made her bed. To hunt other humans. Yeah. So there's... She's intentionally not wanting to be friends with people anymore. Yeah, maybe other Mononongles, but... Yeah. Like a sisterhood, like a coven. I would not advise becoming a Mononongle just to become friends with one. Yeah, don't don't bother, folks. Another thing is, I did see that some Mononongles will marry human men, sort of as like a cover story. Not so cool. So that people aren't suspiciously eyeing the beautiful single lady who seemingly wanders without a home in the village. Mm-hmm. But I would not go to the lengths of marrying a Mononongle just to become friends with one. So if if your lady sneaks off at night and you wake up to go to the bathroom and you just, you feel her legs, but where's the head? Oh man, um, that would make for a good horror comedy. Leave her. Yeah. 
Uh, well, here's the thing. If you leave her, though, she's going to hunt you down because you know her secret. Rub, oh. You might want to rub some salt on that yeah, torso that, and then that. leave. And I don't know. Go get a puppy or a kitten. Make <laughs> yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. Big tub of ice cream. So with all that being said, I think it's time to give this friend a rating. This is the first time you're listening to this podcast. Uh, I'm sorry that this had to be your first episode. Maybe listen to the Casa Obake one. That one's fun in games. Yeah, or the Amugis. That one's precious. Oh, yes. But we have a four-tiered rating system to gauge how easy it is to become friends with these wonderful creatures. First tier is friend-shaped. This is going to be the kind of friend that you get matching tattoos with. Think of something like the Amugi. The second tier is Cheeky Friend. That's the kind of friend that's going to beg you to get matching tattoos together. But then after they see you get it done, they bail. Think of something like the Casa Obake. (laughs) I want to go get matching tattoos with the Casa Obake. I know. It would just be like embroidery on his little umbrella Mm -hmm. panels. (laughs) Next up from there is Spicy Friend. This is going to be the kind of friend who convinces you that getting a tattoo is a good idea while you're drunk. Uh, think of someone like Baba Yaga. Oh, Baba Yaga. Her and her vodka. Mm-hmm. Don't drink too much, guys. Don't do not do it. Not a Baba Yaga's vodka. <laughs> ba- Baba Yaga. <laughs> Lastly is not a friend yet. This kind of creature is going to beckon you to get a homemade tattoo in a back alley. But they use a tainted needle. Oh, man. Yeah, and you get a bad infection. Hepatitis. Think of something like Pegasus. Pegasus! So, Claire, what do you think the Mononongle would fall under? I think the Mononongle is a strong candidate for not a friend yet, sir. Oh, yes. Yes, it is right up there with Yinodlishi for the not a friend yetist, not a friend yet. Yeah, I... See, I don't even know if this is a redeemable friend because, like like you said many times, she, she chose this life and she, A, doesn't want people to bother her unless she's, you know, sucking them dry, and B, you don't, you don't need that in your life. You're living your best life. It's true. We're all trying. Yeah, I feel like she has a chance to renounce the ways before the chicken matures but after that it's uh clocks a ticking mm-hmm. that's it clocks a clucking that's the one clocks a clucking clocks a clucking okay we're gonna add that into our repertoire <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to this episode as much of an ordeal as it has been <laughs> <laughs> we must fulfill the requests It's true. We have a solemn duty. I had fun researching it, though. Good. If you enjoyed what you heard, maybe consider dropping down into the review section and writing us a little review or subscribing. That'd be wonderful. A real treat. Yeah, if you subscribe to us on one of the many podcast websites and apps that there are out there, then you will be notified. Um, You might have to change your settings on that, but you'll be notified when we have new episodes up, which is every Saturday. Or if you were... Feeling an overwhelming sense of largesse? Even share it with your friends. We would love to branch out and meet all of your friends. Yeah. Actually, auditorially. Can drop them in the deep end with this episode. Yeah, you could. You'd be a cheeky friend for doing that, though. That would be cheeky friend material, for (laughs) sure. 
If you're looking for more Friends of Legend content, consider visiting our website, friendsoflegend.com, where you can find all of our episodes, frequently asked questions, neat time videos, and even a contact form if you want to suggest a creature of your own. It's true. And we've got a Facebook page and a Twitter page and a YouTube page now. So Mm -hmm. you can find all of those links on our website, friendsoflegend.com. And I started to upload every episode to YouTube. They're just static videos, except for one of them. See if you can spot the actual video that we made. Mm -hmm. That one's a visual feast. Oh, yes. (laughs) Complete with kitties. And again, we release new episodes every Saturday, so be sure you tune in and have yourself a good little time. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when it comes to Friends of Legend, charm them. Do not harm them. I can't believe we did that in one take. Yes! Yes! One take, Jake.